0: Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. And Lisa Pace. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC
1: flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? Amazing. Radio.
2: Welcome to It's Some Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. With me, as always, DJ Mark. What's up? Also joining me this week, the legend himself. And I'm going to say it, even though he's not going to say it himself. The likely 2023 It's Some Amazing Picks champion, barring a miracle of epic proportions, and Mark and I debasing ourselves and throwing Hail Marys for the next seven fights. Lavender Gooms.
0: Yeah, I am not jinxing that, so as I told you earlier today via text, uh, still too early to call, up until December 31st, and there are literally no fights we're going to pick, and I'm talking about we're not even going to see like some bums fighting out on the street, and you're going to videotape and be like, yo, who do you guys think you win, will win? I am not taking any type of laps, I'm not celebrating, I'm not doing Any of that bullshit. Now, back to our regularly scheduled program. And as always, I wish you guys a happy International Cheetah Day. Cabernet Frank Day. National Dice Day for us D&D players out there. You know what's up. And some good days tomorrow as well. First off, we have a happy National Sasher tort Day. You guys are probably wondering what exactly is a sasher tort. Am I right?
2: Sounds like a dessert to me. Sure,
0: You are correct. It is a type of a dessert. Uh, the sasher tort is created by layering apricot jam between a rich chocolate sponge cape and topped with a layer of chocolate icing. That actually sounds extremely appealing.
2: I don't know. Chocolate or apricot i like those things individually i'm not sure together well we might want to get one test it out and one uh, two
0: more um happy hanukkah for the chosen so starting to celebrate on thursday what's up hillary and then of course tomorrow i for you badass kids a happy Krampusnacht.
2: do you want to explain that to the people
0: I do. I do want to explain it to the people. So it's like taking Santa's naughty list and making it even more naughty. Krampus is a guy who uh, dates back to pagan mythology. Essentially, he is a horned devil of some sort who comes and punishes bad kids.
2: Wasn't there a horror movie that came out, a Krampus movie? Am I mistaken? I believe there sure.
0: was. I can't remember where it's from. Yeah, a couple that.
2: years ago, I think. Um, all right, boys and girls. Was hey, oh, there more? I'm sorry. So I apologize.
0: Ha- ha- no, no, no. I was going to say uh, that. So those are all the happy days. Uh, chock full
2: of them. Exactly. A questionable dessert and punish children. Um. All right, boys and girls. We're going to talk about this UFC fight night card that happened um, in Austin at the Moody Center. Don't know why I know the name of the place, but... That is where it happened. Um, headlined by the Battle of Iran and Armenia. And I was not confident going in. And let me tell you, it did not go well for my people. Rough night for those of us uh, of the Persians of, the, of, us, of us Persians out there, but let me tell you, also, pretty good night for those of us who've been on the Armin Sarukian chain, because my man looked like a killer. Mark, this dude, was it like he threw a left. And then he went for a knee, and it made Benil pull back, and he cracked him with the right. Am I getting the sequence correctly there? Because it was real quick. I only
1: vaguely vaguely remember, yeah. I mean, I think it was um, a right knee followed by a right hand after. Um, Yeah, no, it was really good. I mean, biggest fight for Armin's career, Um, you know, his highest-profile opponent, um, and to come out with a win like this, you know, really solidifies him as a contender. Much like we knew when he first kind of – I think really jumped on the scene with his first main events and it was Gamrot that he fought that first time right like even in a losing effort i think you know for, a lot for me personally i love mean, he thought he won mm-hmm.
2: right that one that was a close fight right,
1: yeah it was really close yeah um and then since then he's rattled off a couple wins and then you know um Benil just coming off his title contention you know his, his title fight um and coming up short well i guess it was title contention right he fought all oh, charles for the number one spot right at that point he didn't have the belt but um, you know, someone who just was fighting potentially for a title shot, you know, to him to go in there and you know finish him, I think, faster than um Charles did, you know, really makes a statement and really you know puts his name out there. Unfortunately, you know, lightweight's just kind of a mess. There's a lot of people in line, and there's some more high profile high profile opponents that might get the jump over Armin, but he's right there. At the I mean, he's the got a, a loss against so, we'll the see. champion
2: too. That was his one of his two losses. He's got mm-hmm. a loss That's to Islam. Way back, in, I'm way back, but it was, try to look it up, it was a, I mean, his Armin's still, it was like, he's 27, he said it himself, he was like 22 yeah. when they fought. Yeah, it was his UFC debut. Yeah, he lost a, he lost a decision um, on the Overeem versus Alainic card, where he lost a, uh, well, now I can't find the damn thing. Oh, yeah, 30, 27, 30, 27, 29, 28. UFC debut, co-main event, I know it's a fight night, but still. Mike, this kid's looking like a killer. He's looking real good. I think he was just ranked number... Assuming they haven't changed this. He was number eight. Don't, don't think they have. from Number eight, latch. just beat the number four guy. Think pretty much under any equation. You give him one more. Uh, he deserves it. Um, we got that log jam at the top still. The Oliveira, Gaichi, Poirier. It's really not even Oliveira's fault. but uh, I blame Gaichi and, and Poirier. and These guys are not fighting any of these young dudes. Um and Chandler's still sitting there at five. He's not fighting anybody. Nope. I think you gotta well, make, I think I think we got to have Dustin Poirier decide if he wants to be a, uh, ranked a top five lightweight or not. Right. I think it's time to see what's what here.
0: Oh well, yeah, I mean, you know, Chandler. I at least according to his uh, interview with Ariel today said he will be fighting um, McGregor at some point in the next year. Uh, when it comes to Sarukian, I think I remember a few months ago or maybe a year ago he said that. Uh, he would be champion within a year and a half um, or, or two years from the date of when he first said that mm-hmm. and It's shaping up that at the very least if he wins maybe one more fight, perhaps a Dustin Poirier um, He could be in line for possibly a, a title shot um, The kid looks real. Well, I can't really call him a kid. He's like
2: 27 or something Everybody's or a kid everybody's a kid okay <laughs> we, are getting to,
0: we are getting to that age uh, I call
2: people 35 yeah. years old a kid at this point doesn't matter everybody's a kid
0: <laughs> but that was a that was a devastating knee um that was very impressive um it's always uh, a good look when you can uh shut up with, you know, i, I don't think like... the
2: knee landed i swear i don't think the knee landed oh, no, that's no i landed. don't think what the knee landed about? i'm serious like i think he pulled back and got punched like someone see if they can find it while we're talking look it up i'm not kidding. Because they were showing the slow-mo. I don't think the knee landed. I think it made him pull back. Because I think the punch is what did the damage. Maybe I'm crazy, but I'm almost positive the knee didn't hit. Um, regardless, look, kid, look real good. Are you guys both looking for the knee now? See if I'm crazy? I, yeah, I, I, I went like one and four for picks, guys. It's a good chance I was blind that night anyway. I got a new microphone situation here. It's chaos. I don't want to fuck with it and start looking shit up. So Don't,
0: don't um,
2: so, so sure. I believe you went one and three. Yeah, it's not a good look. Um, the only one I got right was the one I turned my back on my people. Um, co-main event, though. Jalen Turner, man, is huge at lightweight. And Bobby Green, really, I thought Bobby Green needed to get this fight to the second round. Just for the purposes of Jalen cutting so much weight. You know, make Jalen get tired the way he does in a lot of the fights in the second and third round, Mark. Bobby Green decided to wade into the fire there. Did not go well. And honestly, I don't know what to talk about besides the fact that that Kerry Hatley almost got Bobby Green killed, it looked like to me. Like, he hit him so many times after he was unconscious. Like, is 15 a good number to you? I think he hit him like 15 times. Somewhere between 10 and 15 times.
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, when he... I mean, it it was one of these things where, you know, when we were breaking down the fight last week, I, I thought something like this could happen because of how Bobby Green fights... Hands down, he likes to showboat. He likes to stand. Even though he's a fantastic wrestler, he's a really good grappler, he really doesn't utilize those skill sets. He likes to, you know, you know, stand up there and bang and try to use his head movement. And I thought, you know, with Turner being so long, that could potentially be really bad. And it was, you know, and it potentially, you know, he basically got tagged early and, you know, tried to play it off. You know, he was doing, like, the dance, like, oh, I'm really hurt. And then he followed up and dropped him. And then, you know, I think when he dropped him, he they could have stopped the fight right there. he was already out yeah Um, now the referee yeah i mean he he was in a really he was in a bad spot where he was he, he got tagged and even though he was playing it up like he wasn't really hurt then he got dropped um you know and they could have stopped it then but you know he was still conscious um but then yeah there was multiple shots where he wasn't he was not only just not intelligently defending himself, just kind of, you know, putting his hands behind his head and just getting wailed on. But at one point, you know, he goes out and he is completely unconscious. And, you know, the onus really is on the referees to stop the fight. You do kind of hope sometimes the uh, opponents will know as well. Like this dude is unconscious. I don't need to keep punching his face in, but it's not, the onus is not on them. Yeah. And Jalen was not happy about it either.
2: Jalen, Jalen's from Southern California. He's from Fontana and um, Bobby Green's from Inland Empire. And they're like, and Bobby and Jalen Turner mentioned it after the fight. How like Bobby Green's kind of like a legend in those parts, being that they're from not both not the greatest parts of SoCal and Bobby Green getting out and Bobby Green being on the scene for that long. And they dapped it up backstage and they were all friends. And you know, Bobby Green congratulated him, all of that. Mike, that was rough. That was one of the worst non stoppage, like late stoppages I've ever seen. That was so bad. Like, yeah, that was that was like a solid 10 seconds of him
0: just it, getting wailed up. It was like Carrie like no Hatley reason.
2: had over half a round the bet and he needed to make sure it hit that's what it looked like to me because it was at 249
0: you would would think he went to the uh steve
2: mazzagatti school of uh refereeing it just reminds me of like when brock was tapping out to frank Mir, and he was just like tap 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 uh did you look it up did he land was i wrong uh
0: yeah that was what i was miming while uh while mark was talking uh it didn't look
2: like the knee landed at all, but he got hit flush. Yeah, the, with a right so the straight. knee didn't land, right? He just set him up because he, he whipped his head back to avoid the knee. Yeah, yeah, okay. That that right hand was a piston, though. Killed him. It, it was. Yeah. See, not crazy. Bad at picking. Not crazy. Um, Jalen Turner, man. I Jalen Turner's not going to last in his weight class. He's six foot three. Like that's not a sustainable thing. It's not. You should not take fights on short notice, and. It worked out good for him, but like he needs to. I know he's a skinny dude. That's he's six foot three, Mike.
0: Does does he kind of remind you of what could have been, perhaps, with like Corey
2: Hill? Just because he's a skinny black dude. I mean, also because he's like six three. Jesus. Well, Corey Hill wasn't that well, good. My man Mark, do you remember Corey Hill? Uh, you watched more than I did back in the day. Corey Hill wasn't that good, right? Like he was okay. He, he had a lot of potential. He
1: had a lot of potential. Yeah, he, 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 was, lied he, he lied to, to get on the Ultimate I Fighter. F- he lied
2: to get on the Ultimate Fighter. He said he had fights he didn't have when he was Ultimate Fighter. He's like, "Yeah, I have no fights." When he was already on the show, nobody checked. So, um, I thought Davis and Figueroa looked really good against Rob Font here, man. I thought Davis and Figueroa looked like I know he's thirty-six years old. I think, which we know what that means in these lighter weight classes with that wonderful stat. He's thirty-five. Don't turn, turn thirty-six in two weeks. I don't know how long he is for being a champion or anything like that, but I really was impressed. I thought he looked fast. I thought he looked like he had energy. Rob Font's a really good fighter. So this is a significant win to him to go down and beat Rob Font and beat a number eight guy, I think. Going uh in his first fight there, Mark. I was I was super impressed. Big win for him.
1: Yeah, no, this was one of the fights that when I was watching the fights, I thought I picked Figueroa when we were on our call. I did last too, <laughs> time cuz I thought I thought, you know, I, I when we were doing it, I was like, "Oh, I, I think, you know, cuz I think he was the underdog too, right?" I was like, "I yeah. think he has a good shot at winning this." But obviously I picked Font to, you know, hedge my bet here with uh, against Mike. But yeah, it wasn't I mean, it's not too surprising. I mean, honestly, it to me when we were analyzing the fight and, you know, people were kind of downplaying him going to this weight division, I was just kind of a little befuddled because he had done so well in his past performances. Now against Brando, you know, he had some losses, um, but there were really competitive fights and sometimes his head didn't quite seem there. But ultimately it's like, I know this guy can can hang with the best of them. And it's like with in the ring with a Rob Font, I think he should be able to assert himself fairly well. And he, and he did, he really asserted himself. So <laughs> he really throws his hat into this division and it's just tough because there's a lot of people this is another division that's kind of jammed up, so it's going to be. Interesting we got the to champion fighting kind of the number six guy
2: just for fun, while well, we have like right. We have literally two guys in Sandhagen and um, Marab who've already earned it. Marab, yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, I'm looking at the rankings. I mean, it sounds like. By the way, a shout out to algermain saying he wants to move the 45 and he wants to fight Max Holloway in his first fight. I don't know anybody calling out mm-hmm. Max Holloway at all. Nobody wants to fight Max Holloway. None of these guys trying to fight Volkanovsky want to fight Max all the way first. I get what he's doing. It's a bold yeah, move.
1: it makes sense for him. Yeah, it makes sense but for But he's really laying his nuts on his he,
2: table here, man. He's like cuz this is it. If he like loses, they're not going to give him near a title shot if he loses this fight. But
1: he beats he beats Max and it's You also can't stop it, him. Right? He yeah. gets title. He gets title shot. Yeah. So it's 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 a smart calculated move and I'm also glad Bob that like it seems like he's kind of getting himself out of the picture because it is jammed up here.
2: So. Well, he knows they're not going to get They heavy. don't want to give him t- another shot at the kid anyway. Right. And also, he said he's like 185, 180 at times. Aljo's huge. Aljo's a massive guy at Bantamweight. Honestly, I if he loses the fight to Max, if they book that fight, I like. I really wanted to see Aljo versus Brian Ortega. Just grappling-wise, That looks like a lot of fun to me. Oh, yeah. That seems like a cool one. Um, Mike, Kelvin Gastelum fought. Of all the fights I picked wrong, Kelvin Gastelum let me down the most because Kelvin Gastelum and I say this as a big Sean Brady guy. Kelvin Gastelum was fighting like he's never seen Sean Brady fight before. Like, he was throwing single leg kicks against this killer wrestler. And I'm like, what are you—you're going to get taken down. You're gonna, oh, we got taken down. Oh, we're going to get back. throw another leg kick. Oh, we're getting taken down. What, what are we doing? And then he got Kimura. That was utter domination by Sean Brady. I am a Sean Brady guy beforehand. I'm still a Sean Brady guy. I was so impressed. I would have liked to see more on his feet, though, Mike, because— that was what we kind of like I mean I do what you got you to the dance but that's why he got jammed up against Bilal remember where he, but he couldn't get Bilal down and Bilal beat his ass I still want to see that out of Sean Brady some sta- some stand up but like so impressive of a win there for him
0: now I didn't watch the whole fight, I watched some of the clips from it. Um so I'm getting more of the feel for how the fight really went from you talking, but from what you mentioned, is it really Sean Brady was very dominant or how much of this? No, he he ran through fight? him like a buzzsaw.
2: Kelvin has lost fights, Mike, but he got run through like a buzzsaw. It was okay. utterly dominant. And Kelvin doesn't lose to bad people. And he got smoked. Like he got completely smoked. That was that was bad. And he looked, like, fine on the scale. I don't think it was the weight cut thing. He just he whooped his ass. His corner was yelling at him like, what are you doing? They did not know what Kelvin All was right.
0: doing. I, I'm not going to lie. I wasn't even going to bother to watch this fight because I'm like. Oh, you should I'm go watch it for what Sean probably. Brady does to I, him. I, I really thought I'm kind of done with Kelvin Gasselum. Um, I really don't have any interest in watching the Kelvin Gasolum fight. But from what you've mentioned, it sounds like I should watch it for Sean Brady. Sean
2: Brady, Sean Brady also called out um, – man who's has a lot of a lot of news around him these days Ian Gary they shouldn't if they have any thoughts of Ian Gary being anything, they should not let Sean Brady grab him and throw him in the air like a pizza pie. would not go well for Ian Gary who let me tell you, I don't really care for UFC press conferences because it really uh shows how bad horrible everybody is. And this next one they do where it's Colby Covington. And uh Leon Edwards, and then we're gonna have Ian Gary up there, and then we're also gonna have Patty Pimblett. I think this is all one card, if I'm not mistaken, isn't it? Is Ian Gary mm-hmm. on that card? I believe so. Oh
0: I wonder who I wonder who comes up with the best cuck joke for Ian Gary.
2: Oh, Covington. He's fighting Luke. That's a tough fight too. Luke's hittable. I get what they're doing here. Like it's if Luke could hit him, but like they're not going to let Sean Brady anywhere near Ian Gary, though. Like, that's, man, I, Ian Gary's really, like, had a real, like, everybody, like, I'm not sure you guys have paid attention to the whole stories about him getting thrown out of the uh, Team Renegade gym. Yeah. Because he was yeah. just being a, a giant shit. And then Leon's, it's his gym, and Leon's like, fucking leave. And then Ian's like, ah, right, they wanted me to leave because they were he was scared I was going to beat the champion. And people are, everybody in the gym is like, Ian Gary got knocked out twice in this gym. Like on the way at the door, like nobody's scared of anything with him. He just is trying to record people without like asking, and t- and the cutting pro- and trying to like cut promos on his teammates and stuff. He keeps jumping from gym to gym. Anyway, I think Sean Brady would whoop his ass personally, if, assuming Ian Gary still doesn't still is an Irish guy trying to do takedown defense. Just my two cents there. Um, a couple other fights on this card we saw uh, real quickly from the undercard. Um Clay Guida, Joaquim Silva was real fun. They just beat each other up. Real good fight. Um Abolato and uh Poteria. Potter, I was watching that. Really good fight. Um Dracar close slammed Joe Selecki right on his fucking head. It was gross. That was that was gross. It was also the only bet I hit. So I was happy and then sad for Joe Selecki, real quick, Mike. He got dumped on the side of his head. Um Marcus Misha Tate looked great. Hasn't looked this good in a long time. Long yeah, time. Return to form. Calling for a Holly home rematch, which it's a fight she won. But if we're just going to book old people against each other, let's do the same with the women, huh? It's a high
1: profile fight, you know, and Holly's someone that's constantly getting title shots. And I'm sure Misha's like someone I could beat, has a big name still, could potentially put me in that picture. This was a good performance for her. This was a really strong performance. Yeah, she, so I think she, she really she whooped that. Uh,
2: she really whooped uh, what's her name's ass. Uh, Julia Avila's ass. Uh, Avila was oh, yeah. just getting ragdolled. Um, choke was it?
1: It was weird. it was like a rear naked choke, but face crank is forearm, what it's saying. Yeah, well, because her forearm like got in her mouth. <laughs> you can see when she released the choke, like her jaw was getting smashed. Was like, it was like a, was, that like that was the
2: Shevchenko Grasso one a little bit. Kind
1: of, yeah. Because she had that a line on her like
2: face that, from but... that. Um, $2.5 million gate, 14,500 people, about 170 bucks a person. Nice clip from the UFC there. Hey, man, that sounds like you could have gotten some pretty good seats. You know, and sat somewhere. Like, Can we get a fight night? I would like a fight night like this. Give me one of these. Give me the ones that's got like four or five good fights. You know, Mark? That's, I'd go to one of those. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to pay pay-per-view prices anymore. Quite frankly, Mike and I paid so much at Madison Square Garden, I don't think I can afford to go to a UFC pay-per-view for another three years. Got to start saving now. Got to get a put that money in a CD. Um, UFC was going to go to China next week. But then like a week, couple weeks ago, they said, nah, we're just going to do the shit at the Apex. For Song Yudong versus Chris Gutierrez. We'll talk about that in a minute here, but uh, a little bit of news first. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest news of the week, and I don't think people are talking about it enough, is the PFL staying with ESPN. I think that's a really big deal because I think it gives ESPN uh, a good negotiating position when the UFC deal comes up, I think in two years. And I know Dana White's head has turned purple, I turned red like a tomato. Because you know when they don't like when you go into ESPN Plus and you go to MMA and it says, you want to watch PFL or do you want to watch UFC. And I, PFL is alphabetically first, just, just saying. <laughs> um, Mike, this is a big deal, man, because they're going to come to the table in two years and be like, hey, man, look, UFC shows did all this stuff, and ESPN's going to be like, hey, man, UFC did all this stuff because of us, and if you want to leave, fine, but we're going to make this other show the new—this will be the MMA we talk about. And in two years, if they got two—this is the thing, Mike, in two years, they're kind of betting on two years of Saudi money, two years of the inflection of all this stuff happening with Bellator— Two years of them getting pay-per-views running with Francis and that Jake Paul thing and all the weird promotion shit they're going on. It's kind of hard to predict the future, but I think in terms of PFL, this is very smart for PFL. And I think for ESPN, it's a no-brainer because they essentially own the sport because what is one at this point? You know?
0: True, true. The The only thing I, I think I would think is that The reason why ESPN Plus is what it is, is because of the UFC product that's on it. Um, The only way that you can get a UFC pay-per-view in the United States is if you get behind the paywall of having ESPN Plus membership. At least currently, I don't know how many people, if the UFC were to leave tomorrow, would... How many people would actually cancel their ESPN Plus memberships? And I think the number is probably a substantial amount of them. Do
2: people really um, cancel these things, man? Or do we, we just talk shit? Also, I mean, everybody was going to cancel Netflix. It's just you and me. <laughs> Here's the difference between um,
0: ESPN Plus and Netflix. What else do you watch on ESPN Plus? Detail. No, I don't. No, you don't.
2: I watched it. Well, I mean, the one that was good. Got, rest in peace, the man died. Um. No, it's not it. I get what you're saying. I totally understand it. Yeah, the MMA has a very lo- a UFC specifically has a very loyal fan base because I'm just thinking about the different channels I've watched them And Mike, thinking about the time since you've been a fan, what channels have we watched MMA on? Versus. Uh, Access TV, if I'm not right. UFC, no, it's uh, just UFC specifically. Oh, for F- Spike. Yeah. Versus FS1, Fuel. FS2, Fuel. Um, what was that like? Look, like Ion or whatever for a couple fight like a couple of events was that like that local that one was like PBS like channel or whatever? Yeah. I don't okay. know. Facebook, YouTube, on the fight pass, ESPN plus, ESPN two, actual Fox, actual ESPN. They'll just where you want to go, the UFC fans will be there for you. I don't think the UFC is going anywhere either, to be honest. But ESPN being what it is, you know. But also, the way cable is working, we don't know what it's going to be. But I think this is very smart for the PFL, Mark. <coughs> Pardon me. Go ahead. What are your thoughts?
1: Oh, well, I mean, I, yeah, I would say like if this is great for the PFL. It's fantastic for them. I don't necessarily – I mean, it, we'll see. If things change drastically in the next two years, which I have a hard time seeing, I don't think the UFC brass has to be super concerned that there's like competition on this market because – i i I kind of hedge with mike where it's like when they come to the table they're going to be like okay if they have any kind of metrics on like how many subscribers are on the service how many of those subscribers only watch ufc content versus other things i think they'll have a pretty strong hand because i'm definitely of that ilk that like i literally only have espn plus to watch ufc and if UFC wasn't on espn plus i mean yeah, I'm not great at turning off subscriptions, but that's a service where it's like there's literally there's no point for me to have it if you, if UFC's not on there. Now, when you talk to about other services like Netflix, it's like well they raise the prices and that sucks and that makes me question is it worth the, the content that I'm getting? But these other services have content that I'm interested in, right? When you literally take the only thing I'm interested in, it becomes a very clear, you know, message of like well there's really no reason for me to keep this subscription. I can easily cut it. Um, I don't think if ESPN also thinks that. They're going to be able to convert a sizable amount of the fan base from UFC to PFL again, unless things. I think honestly, change, I think too- we got to wait
2: till April. That's when the ant- antitrust t- trial starts. I think that's the real factor in all of this. Will we get injunctive relief that makes the UFC con if they go out there and say UFC contracts are two years in length at maximum period? Whole fucking yeah. thing changes, guys. This whole sport oh, yeah. changes yeah. like that. By the way, that is what I'm hoping. That's all I want. Put a time limit on the contract. Period. That would be insane. Contract is this long. Yeah. That's it. Then it's open season. Let's see who's going to... Yeah. And if you are the better promoter, you shouldn't have a problem then. Right? Yeah. Um, no, yeah. By the way, did anybody catch... Uh, speaking of promoter, did anybody catch Ryan Garcia this past week? So Ryan Garcia has been at no. war with his uh, promoter, Golden Boy, which is Oscar De La Hoya and uh, Bernard Hopkins, basically. Ryan Garcia at the press conference just shit on Oscar de La Hoya in front of him and then shit on Bernard Hopkins in front of him. And it's great. And because uh Golden Boy's like handling him very poorly, and Golden Boy has one fighter of relevance. Period. Is it is it's it? Ryan Garcia, yeah. So um they might want to and after he won, he beat the guy, which they were really hoping he'd lose to. Oscar's like, we're gonna do whatever Ryan wants. He wants to fight, we'll keep him active. He wants to be champion, we'll make sure that happens, you know. It's pretty funny.
0: I, I thought it was because I actually thought that Ryan Garcia was like not in Golden Boy based off some of the TikToks I had seen of like I think someone asked Bernard Hopkins um, about uh, Ryan Garcia being like a, a true champion or something. Oh, they're shit talking
2: their own guy. I, yeah, it's funny.
0: <laughs> I'm like uh, okay. I'm like all right. I guess uh I guess he's fighting a uh, a Golden Boy guy. I, I'm actually kind of shocked to hear that. That that's their own
2: fighter. He said like Bernard thinks he's run stuff, but you know Bernard Bernard doesn't always tell the truth. Bernard said he never got knocked out by a white boy, but Joe whatever knocked Bernard right out of the ring. So it sounds like he's uh, he was wrong about that. He said that at the press conference, Mike. He said that at the press conference. Mike, go watch the press conference. It was one of Oscar's in the back holding his head like he's got a migraine. Like what the fuck is this kid doing? I, I think his migraine was from withdrawal from not having any any cocaine. That was like so man. Oscar, minutes. Oscar, man. When Oscar was a fighter, we all everybody <laughs> loved Oscar as a fighter. But Oscar as a promoter, shit. Um. Oh, by the way, PF uh, BKFC happened. Mike Perry's got his own sport, guys, and he's just the star of it. It's pretty cool. Good for him, man. Right? Like, shout out to him, man. Making it, making this happen. Yeah. I
1: mean, it's he's he's converted over to bare knuckle, you know, with flying colors. So far, I think the thing that's tricky is that, um, you know, there's a champion at his division that he is not. Right? Like, he has this nice fake belt, but there also is a dude that is Wait, like, who's the champion legitimately the one seventy. I don't. Of- and there's the problem, Bobby. It's Who like, cares? Mike Perry's a champion. champion and Mike just, Perry you know, is BKFC. Well, that's that's the thing, Bob. Is like the dude that's champion is like nine and zero. Oh my god, you didn't see the press conference after? Like, I we should probably get credentials for bare knuckle fighting yes. because they need it. Yes, because because <laughs> yes, at the post conference, Bobby, like. From what I could tell, you can't see who's asking the questions. Like most of the questions were from other bare knuckle fighters. The champion got to talk to Mike and said, "Hey, why aren't you fighting me? I'm the real champion." And Mike, and basically Mike's, I mean, and, and Mike's not wrong in this assessment. Is like he wants to fight guys with names. He wants Jorge Mosvidal. He basically said like he basically he didn't say Jorge, which would have been good. Oh, they might have been today. But, that um, he said
2: Jorge. <laughs>
1: he called he called out Pettis, which was kind of an interesting choice for a small guy. <laughs> I know, but he's like he's way too small um but he he wasn't wrong when he basically said like like i need dance partners or right? like i need someone that's gonna sell like alvarez sells with me Dude, he, he had he had a face off with
2: conor mcgregor after his last fight because conor was just there they had conor holding a belt right. and facing off with oh, him well he called he called out conor and then he called out anthony
1: pettis which is the pettis one i guess i'd been kind of floating around a little bit more since i guess he's a free agent well, pettis is looking the big these team. days too
2: man pettis pettis put on some size well what did he fight? Yeah, and what did he fight Roy at? I'm not saying Roy, Roy Jones. Jones how how big was Roy fucking Jones? He beat up Roy Jones. Oh, beat yeah. Roy Jones. Yeah.
1: So, to, 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 to his point, it's just like, I understand why he's not. And he basically said, like, look, I'll fight whoever the promotion wants me to fight. But obviously, he's looking for pay per view numbers and stuff like that. And that makes sense. But I do get, like, there's a champion. In that division, that is like completely discredited because of exactly what Bobby said and what the general consensus of like you know the fans of MMA and combat sports is like. Oh, Mike Perry's like the bare knuckle king, and it's like, well, there's this other dude that's literally like nine and zero. He's knocked everyone out or whatever. He's the champion, but yeah, no I found the enough. application.
2: We're definitely doing this. We're definitely going to get. Well, I mean, when, when they're here, well, it's,
1: in, it's always in Hotonk. It's always in Hotonk. Well, they're in Hollywood. In
2: they're in Hollywood, though. It's in February. It's same time as we're at a uh, automotive like, conference. Like but L.A. Okay. Yeah, maybe Hollywood, Florida. Actually,
1: <laughs> I thought we still needed. I thought we we're finding out today.
2: If actually, we were may not be legal yet get... in this state. We're working on legality. Not, yeah, not gonna lie. That sounds
0: more like a Hollywood, Florida type card. Having bear. Yeah, Mike. When we
2: get press credentials to BKFC when it's here, you come here. <laughs> we go to BKFC. We will make a weekend of it. We'll go to Hood Slam too. It'd be great. I know. Uh, I know we're going a bit backward
0: on this, but I am on YouTube looking for Ryan Garcia ripping into DeLoire and Bernard. The first comment I see, Oscar was thrusted. He about to hit a fat line after this one,
2: <laughs> dude. It was hilarious, dude. It was great. Yeah, uh, dude. Bare knuckles off a little rough, but um, Mike Perry's making a lot of money. Good for the. At this point, I'm happy anybody's making money. Like anybody, like that guy who got knocked out, Joaquin Buckley, who won a million dollars in PFL last weekend. Um, I already forgot his name. Whatever. (laughs) Okay, good for him. all right, let's make some picks and have some fun. <laughs> let's get past the MMA portion of the podcast. Yo, he really, he really ripping them, and they're
0: like, "Oh yeah, right behind he's, him."
2: Yeah, that's what's happening.
0: <laughs> that's
2: what happened. I'm not, Mike, I, I wouldn't lie to you. <laughs> 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 that's exactly what happened, Mark. You hear about this?
0: I watched, I watched like four seconds. No. When this is
2: <laughs> over, you watch it. It's one of my favorite. <laughs> Luke Thomas was saying like we've had promoters and fighters dis- uh, disagree, but he's like they ripped him to shreds while he was he ripped them to shreds while he was there. It was be like behind him. Oscar could have choked him while he was doing it. <laughs> um, all right, we're going to pick some fights for this Song Yadong, Chris Gutierrez card. Song Yadong, one of my favorite young dudes in the band and division. Only 26 years old. Man has got title challenger at minimum written all over him, honestly. Um, has won four of five. The only loss was that fucking war with Corey Sandhagen where it got a corner stoppage. He's beating people's asses. Um, he's taken on Chris Gutierrez. Chris Gutierrez, um, Mike and I saw him fight back last November when he um, kneed Frankie Edgar into retirement. Uh, Mike, you got to get rid of the background. It is killing me. It is it is wildly distracting your video background. Um, after that, it's, he lost it's a just, it's just a little blurry. It's What's terrible. That? He lo- it's it's moving. It's shaking. Um, and then he lost to Pedro Munoz, Then he came Pardon? back and beat uh, some guy who I don't know named Altaling Hailey um man has got 20 wins uh 27 uh, uh i'm sorry 20 wins 10 of those are finishes 10 decisions betting odds for this one song yadong is a big ass favorite right being so i think he's like minus three i have it close like, now like
0: three i think it's either minus 320 or 230 one of those two uh, it's definitely Damn a three
2: i was thinking like 350 he's minus 350 on bet mgm plus 260 oh. for chris guterres we gave the bag away on this one last week we're all picking song yadong yes uh, you're up six on me mm-hmm. and five on Mark, right? Yes. All righty. Won't celebrate, but pretty much mathematically impossible. Co-main event. But, e- but either way, I guess I'll just go first, just quickly talking. Um, oh, yeah, we should do that.
0: I do, Yeah, I, I do think the way that Song will win this fight is if he's able to just get in um, and do damage from inside. Uh, Gutierrez, he's, he's pretty good on the ground. Um, he doesn't really utilize that too much, but I do think this fight will remain standing, and that's where do will get a decision.
2: He has never been f- knocked out, Gutierrez. He has one loss by submission. Song, on the other hand, has finished his last three wins. It's a five-round fight. I think he's knocking this dude out, personally. Mark, what do you got?
1: Yeah, I, I got Song, too, um, and I think his last performance against... Uh, Ricky Simon is, is a good parameter of this, too. I think Ricky's a fantastic wrestler. And for him to, you know, get the W there, win by knockout late in the fight, too, I think, you know, has a lot of positive momentum going into this fight as well. So and I don't know Chris super well. So, yeah, it makes it makes it an easy. I
2: think he was son. also in New I think he's also a New York guy. I think he was t- they were saying, Mark, when Mike, when we were there, weren't they? Who was like from here or from there. Or was it New Jersey? Chris Gutierrez. Maybe I'm wrong. OK, saying he's from Texas. I'm totally wrong. I don't know why I thought he was from there. All right, uh, co main event is uh, Khalil Roundtree, who's going to try to steal money from Anthony Smith's family or steal food off their table or something. The weird shit Anthony Smith says to himself before he gets it while he's in the middle of a cage fight. Anthony Smith uh, bounced back from a couple rough losses to beat Ryan Spann, a split decision. Um, I had money on Anthony Smith, and let me tell you, he did not deserve that decision. Just saying, did not deserve that decision, but my wallet appreciated it. Um, Khalil Roundtree. It looks like he's made a fucking granite. He's won four straight. I think this is going to be a rough night for um, Anthony Smith, Mike. Um, I think two to one favorite, roughly, if I'm not mistaken. Um, let me see, minus two fifty to plus one ninety. What's your pick, buddy? Just to make sure
0: Khalil Roundtree is the
2: favorite, right? Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm going with uh with Roundtree on on this one. I was a little surprised when you were telling me the rankings and you told me that anthony smith is still rated in the top 10 uh i eight yeah i was real surprised at that i know he won his last fight but as you mentioned there was a pretty dubious call um I was surprised that he was rated that high. That makes me wonder about the state of the light heavyweight division, if he is still a top 10 light heavyweight. Oh, you mean the division? You mean the division that... I've
2: been calling the worst division of all the men's divisions? Yeah, that division? Yeah, it's real bad. It's real bad. And and, and,
0: I, <laughs> I, and I'm surprised that Roundtree with forced rate wins and considering he's he's got prodigious power, um, I'm surprised he's still just outside of the top 10. I think that's going to be rectified uh, by the end of this fight. I think Roundtree gets a knockout.
1: Marcus, yeah, I kind of, you know, I, I kind of want to pick Anthony Smith just to give myself any kind of way to, to, to threaten Mike and the picks. But um, I, th- I do think Roundtree is just like just too solid all around to, to fall to Anthony Smith early on. It's only going to be three rounds. Um, Roundtree just has the power to get it done and Anthony tends to get hit you know he's he's a tough guy you know I like watching him fight because he's a real game competitor, but he's always been kind of mid in a lot of his skill. you know I think maybe maybe he's best off his back, but I don't think that's somewhere that you can really you know count your blessings with a Roundtree unless you're like a Paul Craig who Roundtree also beat. So um, most of Anthony's yeah, losses
2: d- are by knockout, ten of his 18 losses mm-hmm. and eight of Roundtree's wins are by knockout. We're really right. picking some exciting fights here, man. Maybe we should watch this. <laughs> just saying. <laughs>
1: I'll watch these two fights yeah. and the rest of the card. The rest of the card is a lot of Asian fighters. I'm just not
2: sure. I remember. Sumo, we Sumo. I've seen fight a few times, Suma I don't remember my thoughts. But he lost to Matt Schnell in the last one, so there's that. Um, Nas- Nasrat, Hask- Nasrat Haksparat was another guy people were big on for a while. I think we all no longer think as highly about Andre Muniz as we did before. Because he's the guy everybody beat for us to think they're good. Um, yeah, I think there was some Road to the Octagon stuff happening, but now they're just delayed. So, who cares? Honestly. Yeah. Did Song don't come out of road to, the, road to the Octagon? No, right? Did he come out of Uriah were finding so. him, basically? Believe I the, think that, maybe. Or. They should have Uriah in charge of Song of, of uh, Road to the Octagon. I'm not even trying to be funny. They should. The man is... Eight and two since he got into the UFC, this guy. And his losses are Corey Sandhagen and Kyler Phillips. Just saying. Team Alpha Male knows what they're doing over there. Recruiting trips. Um, All right. Yeah. Rest this card a little bit uh, iffy. I don't know if anybody else is even. Is one still a company, still, man? Like, they're. uh... Anyway. Um, And yeah. One last bit of news Jamal Hill got arrested for beating up his brother. He's optimistic about the results <laughs> of the case. which, And what that
0: lets you know is that knee is
2: healing up nicely. Um, yeah. John Jones issues testy response to Aspinall for a call to be stripped. They should strip him. What are we doing? Just make call some, make some belt up call the Legends title to have him fight Steve A for that one. Guy's going to defend a belt, an interim title twice before John fights again. God, this is barely a sport. Fucking Bobby Green almost died the other night because the referee didn't know what the fuck he was doing. The referee had the over. I'm just going to say it because Kerry Hatley's had too many fights. <laughs> not for me to think it was incompetent. Um, all right. We're going to have the fun. We're going to do some fun, uh, the fun shit we all, we've always we been doing every week now, The our top five. And what we're going to do this week, and as I said, we do this every week. We're going to try to get more granular. We're still going kind of big picture. These are our top five favorite TV shows. And uh, we tried to add a little condition here now where we're trying not to do Repeats which I think has only come up where Mike and I picked both picked MVP Baseball 04 in video games. Did you guys pick the same Final Fantasy? No, I picked six. Mark picked Mark, seven. Mark, I think, mentioned seven. seven. Yeah, I wasn't sure if you both picked seven. I know Mark's at seven, so. All right. Um, I'm going to lead this off, and this is no surprise to anybody. Mike can definitely guess where I'm going to go with my favorite TV show of all time. What I truly believe to be the greatest TV show ever uh, especially the first four seasons, second season in particular, episodes 17 through 22 being perfect television. The West Wing, Aaron Sorkin's The West Wing is my favorite television show ever, hands down. It had a profound impact on me such that it made me optimistic. God, look how foolish I'm about to sound, made me optimistic about government and what it can do and you know the people who work in it and all that stuff and it made me want it's one of the reasons I went to law school. Because I knew, if you go work, you want to be working in the White House, these people are all lawyers, you want to work in legislation, they all at least go to law school. Uh, shout out to John Edwards for breaking my heart and crushing my rose-colored glasses there. Um, Aaron uh, Aaron Sorkin gets some criticism sometimes about the way he writes certain characters. I think people are fucking crazy. No one writes dialogue better than Aaron Sorkin. It's sharp. It's witty. Everybody is the smartest person in the room, honestly. People, you... The best president that's ever lived is President Josiah Bartlett. Um, Mike probably disagrees. We we do have the president from Independence Day right up there, too. That's right. He's up there. He stopped an alien that's invasion. Right. President Bartlett raised three daughters with MS. So, close. Um, I love the West Wing. Aaron Sorkin left after the fourth season. So, um, took a little bit of a hit. I believe... I believe the next season after that, Toby cured a uh, salt. So we scared. were just, yeah, we were just solving stuff in one episode. We put <laughs> we put a far right and a far left person in the Supreme Court in the same episode. There's a lot happening in season five. It's like a schizophrenic thing. But I love the West Wing. I think it's so good. I think it generally holds up in terms of like you know it's set. Ni- it started in '99, ended in 2007. So some of it is like you know they'll say stuff like "When's it going to hit the wires?" It's like the internet will have it tonight. The newspapers will have it tomorrow morning. It's like, uh, motherfucker, the internet has it Yeah, already. It's too late. It's been on Twitter. What are we talking about? Um, so some of it's stuff like that, but I really think that um, it is just a beautifully written show, and it's one of those shows where you talk about television back in the day where, like, you want it, like, mean, this sounds bad on some level, I guess, but, like, the people watching it were more valuable to advertisers because the people watching it were... People willing to spend more money on certain products and generally a higher income bracket and stuff like that. I don't think... I mean, Aaron Aaron Sorkin has at this point won an Oscar. I think a couple, actually, now. I think he won for Social Network. He might have had one for A Few Good Men. I don't know if he got one for... And then, like, dude's an excellent writer. I love The West Wing. That's my favorite show of all time. Marcus, what's your first show?
1: Yeah, since we're doing the... Um steal away can't can't have repeats i gotta come with the heavy Uh ass first and i can get obscure later because i know no one's gonna pick them so uh yeah i'll take you know i think when we did our sitcom one was one of the highest ones um seinfeld um and i I guess i would say you know when seinfeld was first airing it was i was a little too young to really be able to like really appreciate the show that much i think as it really gained in popularity while it was running i think i was more on board um and then obviously later on you know as you get a little bit older a lot of the jokes land a little bit more um but just what i mean in into looking at all the shows i wrote down um they all have a common trait like they're all confidence i really don't get i was trying to think like do i like any dramatic shows <laughs> there's really none at the top of my list so you know they're all going to be comedy based but Seinfeld is definitely one of the easiest ones to recommend. There's so many classic episodes, and again, I think you know the the nature of what they were trying to accomplish with that show, where they didn't really. I mean, there are some overarching storylines, there are some character progressions with some of the characters, but a lot of it is you can kind of jump into any episode, and you're really not going to be lost. Um, you know, it's a pretty straightforward show about a couple friends and the zany adventures they get into in New York, and you know, it's just one of those. You know, iconic, maybe one of the most
2: iconic um, sitcoms of all time and just a good watch overall. So, yeah, easy pick Seinfeld. I thought you were going to jump on a different one that we all might be going to at some point. Mark, I mean, Mike, what do you got? First one.
0: Uh, You actually took one of mine, West Wing. Uh, I know you want one Mm -hmm. uh, uh, unique ones. I'm just going to mention quickly one and then I'm just going to move on to another one I had on my list. Um, so replacing Wes Wing would be Ted Lasso. Um, just
2: makes me... Well, me we do one at a time. We're gonna go one to each, so you wanna talk about Ted Lasso? That's your first one? Oh, gee. We're we about to be here. No, now we're gonna go. We'll we're not. Gonna... I, I won't give a fucking soliloquy for everyone <laughs> of mine, man. We'll just get... Mark went quick. I'll go fast too. Ted Lasso's your first one? All uh, right. Yeah,
0: Ted Lasso's my first one. Um, I think, uh, ooh, this may have been when Steph was actually still on the show. Um, but one of the when he mentioned uh, Ted Lasso, I think, on the stuff he likes way back when, um, the way he described it was it being saccharine. Um, I thought was a definitely a dollar word, but also very apt and correct when he described it at that. But I don't think he meant that as a bad thing, though, and I would agree with that. Um, it was sappy and hopeful in all the best ways um i don't think there was a bad episode throughout its uh, three season run um i was very sad to see it go but i was also very happy to see that it was completed in just the perfect
2: way did you um did you see uh jason sudeikis was at the iowa game iowa women's women's game i think it was and he did uh, they cut the, for the dance cam they cut to him and he did the ted lasso dance it was pretty cool <laughs> i
0: I see uh, I see. he wasn't trying to do that shit at the Iowa football game because he knew oof, that they're not winning <laughs> that shit.
2: Um, so, Ted Lasso, first entry for you. Um, Ted Lasso. I actually it. wrote this down. Number two for me is, um, this isn't in any order, uh, the single greatest one-season TV show for me ever, Watchmen. Uh, I was just thinking about Watchmen yesterday. I uh, wish Stefan was on the podcast for this. Me and Stefan would have a one-hour phone call conversation like the Tuesday, or like after, cause you know, we recorded on Mondays, the podcast and the show was on Sundays. On Tuesday, Stefan would, we both would have seen the show and one of us would call each other and would be like, just like, Oh, did you catch that? Did you catch that? I'm perfectly satisfied that that show was nine episodes. And as someone who read the books multiple time, the Red the Watchman book multiple time, and I remember seeing the movie with Mark. And I remember we got out and we both just kind of thought, why did they do that to the ending? Um, this show was really satisfying for that for someone who's a big Watchmen fan it really brought it all together for me and i know alan moore's a crazy person i think he's still alive and i know he wasn't a supporter of this but i think he would have been proud of what they did with his work i thought the show ended on a kind of a cliffhanger and i'm okay with not knowing damian Lindloft did a great well, look, work i i think oh
0: actually we don't know if he would have liked the work because I think he's straight up
2: i He's um, not going to watch it.
0: He'll never watch I it. I think he got yeah. so pissed
2: off by League of Extraordinary Gentlemen being one of the worst comic book movies ever that he never came back around to anything, to be honest. So I think the Watchmen, you guys have max. It's nine episodes. And if you can find the companion stuff online, the PD files, that was fun too. You don't need it, but that was fun. So that's my number two. That's my next one. Mark?
1: Uh, yeah, for my uh, next one, too. Um, again, like uh, these next two are going to be kind of like the more popular ones um, that I can just think of right now. And I was also trying to keep it, too, just to, like, television, television, because I didn't want to do streaming stuff. I don't know.
2: Yeah, uh, what is a show? But uh,
1: <laughs> my next one is Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Ooh. I feel like that's a show that, when it first came on the air, had a lot of hype around. I mean, it, it basically, I remember seeing reviews saying, like, it's the next Seinfeld, or it's Seinfeld mixed with this, or, what like, R-rated Seinfeld or whatever. Um, and when I eventually, you know, ended up watching, I think it was, you know, around when the second season was airing, I was shocked at just how good it was. You know, just looking outside in, it just kind of seemed kind of like a white, trashy kind of comedy about these dudes in a bar or whatever. But once I actually started watching it I was like, oh, this is actually really funny. Um, and then when they got to, I think it was season two... When they added Danny DeVito, I mean, what a addition to that show. I mean, I think they already had a really strong cast with, um, you know, the, the four of them together. But I think, you know, Danny DeVito really just added something extra to that show that it didn't even necessarily need. Um, he called an like, ass, right? I I mean, mean, he just called just, and
2: said, I want to be on your show. Isn't that the story?
1: Yeah, I, I think I think it was something like that. Like, I think the executives wanted them to kind of bolster the show with a more recognizable – Cast member, um, and I think he was interested. It all seemed to work out. Um, sh- show still ongoing. I think it still has a bunch of seasons. And I will admit, like I dropped off the show at some point because um, they did. They started doing stuff where they were like redoing their same episodes, and it seemed like maybe some of the magic kind of got lost. But I was watching this last season. And it's still really good. Like, what a fantastic show. They have great writing. You know, it, it is a little like, I, you know, low brow. You know, you're kind of looking at like the scum of the earth kind of fight over each other and the stupidity and the scenarios they get into is just like, you know, super unrealistic. These are caricatures of caricatures that are over exaggerated to the 10th degree. You know, the situations they find themselves in are just insane. Um, but it's a fun ride. So, yeah, always funny. I'm waiting for Mark to get like
2: real obscure with some of these shows I've watched with him over the years. Mike.
0: I, I've tried getting into Sonny. I think I tried watching like the first two episodes, and I'm like, uh, I don't know, Maybe I got to try a little harder, because I hear everyone, everyone loves the show, but I, I can't, can't find the spark for it. Maybe I should try again. Um, I think I'm going to be taking one of Bobby's now. Um, one of my favorite sitcoms of uh, all time is uh, Parks and Recreation.
2: Um, I think that was one of all of ours. I think it won our bracket, actually entirely when we did best show didn't it oh, didn't it, wow. win best, it win everything for us i think i think we, for, we, it might when, the, during the that COVID times for. i think it was like that and like batman anime the series was up there and something like that that I, that might come up but yeah sorry mike go ahead
0: <laughs> no, 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 i i wouldn't doubt that um outside of the first season which i think similar to the office it needed some time to find its footing um, it was in the second season where it really um, gained uh, gained its footing and its theme. But unlike The Office, it didn't fall off in its later seasons. If anything, it was at its best in its final seasons as well. Um, it only got better and better. And I will encapsulate the Parks and Rec with, I think the quote goes something like, Bacon wrapped shrimp, my fourth favorite food, wrapped around my second favorite
2: food. Such a good show! Everybody should watch Parks and Rec. We we're talking about it in the office today, but it's a great show. Um, so we're at we've each done two so far. Um, yep. all right, I'm gonna go, um, I'm going to go with 30 Rock. I... Don't think anybody in this sh- podcast watches 30 Rock, or have seen more than an episode or two of 30 Rock. I, I watched Christine. all of it. You did? I didn't know that. Okay. I mean, yeah, I watched it all with Christine. Oh. I absolutely love 30 Rock. I um, It took a couple episodes into it for it to really hit a stride, but then like, the dynamic between Alec Baldwin. Dude, Alec Baldwin's so good on this show. Alec Baldwin is too good for at times, I feel, for the show. He's such a good actor. I know people got their feelings about Alec Baldwin, and whatever um alec baldwin is such a good actor and he's like the way he's playing stra- straight straight late what are you laughing at mike
0: <laughs> i i was just thinking about the episode where alec baldwin is pretending to like channel and be like uh yeah. tracy's dad yeah. and then at one point he just goes yeah, my!" and Liz is just like
2: now you're just doing good oh. tracy is so good I don't even know if there's a script with Tracy, Tina Fey is such a brilliant writer. Obviously, it's a script. It's, it won all the awards when it was on the air. It was such a well-written show. The dynamic between Alec Baldwin and T- and like all those people and each it, the main cast of like Alec Baldwin and Tina Fey and Tracy Morgan and I think Jane Krakowski and then uh, what's uh, Jack McByer? McByer, the guy who plays Kenneth. I'd never seen him in anything before. Any two com any combinations of those people. There's no bad episodes. Honestly, the show is just really good, and um, it holds up well. And I think it's on Peacock. So this Peacock was twenty bucks on Black Friday. I hope you guys got it. That's it. Uh, Mike, or sorry, Mark.
1: Yeah, uh, next one's going to be um, the spinoff to Seinfeld, uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. I remember the. First time i heard about curb i was in the dorms and um some of the dorms had the dvds and you know being a seinfeld fan i didn't really know what it was and then you know kind of learning, like oh this is this is the show about the guy that basically made seinfeld and george Costanza's character is based off this comedian i didn't know any of that stuff and in fact you know once i started learning more about curb they before they did the series they did an hour special that was trying to be like a mockumentary of larry david trying to get ready to do stand-up special with hbo um which was a really good special in and of itself um but also like seeing larry david do stand-up was a treat because he's actually a really fucking good stand-up comedian that had some not only did he have like good material but i guess like one of his things when he was when he actually was a stand-up when he was before he wrote seinfeld was like he was so incredulous with the crowd and stuff. And if he wasn't feeling an audience, sometimes he just wouldn't perform. So I guess there's a couple of times he went up to the stage and just looked around at the audience for a second and goes like, I'm okay. And then he just left. Um, the show itself, I think, is brilliant. You know, it, it's more Seinfeld-esque kind of weird social, weird interactions that he gets himself in. Kind of the stuff that's like a normal everyday stuff and just seeing how Larry – would handle these different you know scenarios is like i think the crux of so many episodes is like oh what would larry do in this situation um but they're always fun he has a fun cast of characters and again you know they did eventually in the later seasons bring some people on and i think when he brought I probably, what's the guy's name um the guy that was in um hootie Trucky? tang uh, jb, uh, J- yeah, uh, J-B smooth yeah jb smooth was added on to it and it did and what it, it what a fun pairing those two are! Like they're just so polar opposites. Um, really enjoyed *Curb Your Enthusiasm*. So yeah, I mean, and HBO shows. So I, I think Max, honestly the only one I've ever
2: watched is when he tripped Shaq. That's the only one I think I've ever seen. It. Oh, that was a great!
1: That was a great. Yeah, I, don't know, I was randomly
2: watching. I don't know. I've never really. It's like Mike and Alisanie. I know it's good. I just never did it. Uh, Mike, are we gonna? We're just gonna tell. We got a bunch of funny ass shows in this thing. It's got some serious. Is there anything serious happening? I got. I got a political uh, drama. I that's think it. I remember. <laughs> I think I remember
0: one episode of uh, Curb. I didn't wa- I haven't really watched the show either. Bro. One I think in the first season where he has like corduroy pants on and it looks like he has a heart on, and like he no, keeps telling his wife ten. that. Yeah, pant ten. There we go. Um, I, you know what? Just so that we can uh, maybe serious it up a bit, um, I am going to go with. What I consider the greatest serialized anime uh, of all time. Uh, just finished up its 10 year run a couple of weeks ago, and that would be uh, Attack on Titan. It's uh, It's a show that I think I've tried to get Bobby to watch where I've told him, I know you don't like anime, but I don't even like to really consider this a an, an anime. It is just an amazing show that was made by um, you know people who who, who draw manga. Um, I think anyone could enjoy the show if if, you, if I guess if you enjoy giant people uh, eating people. Uh, but it was an excellent show um, from beginning to end. Um, Total, there are I think seventy nine or. 80 episodes each clocking in at maybe about 23 minutes so it's not a terrible of amount of content that you would have to ingest as well so it's relatively easy enough to uh to to look at but the best thing i want to say about the show is that the mangaka who who wrote the show he must have had all of this planned out from the beginning because it's one of those shows guys that every time you watch it especially after you've seen the later episodes when you go back and watch previous episodes you're like holy shit this man knew exactly where he was going with this story right from the beginning and he left just little breadcrumbs for so many different things just throughout the show and I was very happy with the ending Um, it wasn't you know it, it was just a great ending i don't want to ruin it for anyone who hasn't seen it um, attack on titan excellent show and again none of these are in any particular order but that one made my top 5
2: uh okay um so i've done Wa- i've done west wing 30 rock and watchmen um I'm going to go with Jeopardy.
0: Oh, shit. wasn't expecting
2: that. I don't know. I think... it's. I mean, we we have, so we went so broad. We didn't say, like, do this or no. Maybe we'll do game shows one day or something like that. I like Jeopardy, man. I won't say I watch Jeopardy every night, quite frankly, since, uh, rest in peace, the goat passed away. Mr. Trebek. Um, or Mr. Trebek, if you enjoy SNL. Um, I haven't watched a lot of Jeopardy. I think it's a good show man i think it's a good show jeopardy was there you know back in we were like i think we were like 16 i think it was like 20 years years ago when like who wants to be a millionaire was coming out and shit like that and remember that era where that was like the hottest show guys on Nice network tv yeah. jeopardy's like hey man you want 500 bucks answer this shit right fuck your fuck your million all right 500 bucks tell me who's fucking you know Explain the Ming Dynasty to me and to me the shit like that. I think it's a good show, man. I think it's always a good show. I think it's, you know, you're proud of yourself when you get stuff right. You get stuff wrong sometimes, okay, too. You learn some stuff. I think it's a really good show. I think in terms of game shows, it is the best game show, in my opinion. I don't watch a lot of game shows, though. I know everybody likes to laugh about all the weird sex jokes they make on Family Feud um, and all that stuff, and I see those clips on Instagram and it seems like a, Steve Harvey's having a good time. But, you know, Jeopardy's my jam. I think Jeopardy trebek edition specifically and uh it has definitely produced one of the greatest snl sketches of all time um with daryl hammond and sean connery and especially earlier on when they had uh neil uh what's his name playing burt reynolds neil uh nor nor mcdonald nor mcdonald's playing
0: yeah
2: L- look at me i'm 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 uh i'm burt reynolds i'm wearing a, i'm wearing a cowboy hat I'm not even trying to do the voice not even trying. Norm is so good, man. <laughs> so good. Uh so yeah, Jeopardy. That's my that's my next one in there. I remember we did this and I was we did the bracket. By the way, I'm trying to be consistent three years ago. I really was pushing for Jeopardy in the uh in the uh game show category. I was pushing Jeopardy hard. I'm like, come on guys, Jeopardy, push Jeopardy. Um Mark, what do you got?
1: Yeah, the next two are a little bit more obscure nineties comedy central shows. Um First one I'll do uh, is Upright Citizens Brigade. So, Ooh. Upright Citizens Brigade is now extremely well established um, as an improv kind of training ground in LA and New York, and a lot of you know the comedic minds that kind of are coming up uh, today have gone through UCB for improv classes. Um, but you know, originally they kind of came out of Chicago and then went to New York um, and started their improv group. And what really launched it was their Basically, the kind of improv show on Comedy Central called Upright Citizens Brigade, um, and it was just easily one of my favorite shows in middle school and high school. Um, ran for three seasons. You know, Amy Poehler, Matt Besser, Ian Roberts, and I forget the other guy's name. I can't remember. I mean, a lot of them. I mean, Amy obviously went on to Parks and Rec and has become you know a mega star. And the other three have kind of middling careers. You know, uh, Besser does a lot of podcasts I listen to. Ian Roberts is probably the one that has been in like the least amount of stuff. And the other guy's the guy that was in Veep. I can't remember his name. I think I think he actually did really well there.
2: Tony Hill. Uh, Matt, Matt Besser. Matt Walsh no, it was Matt. No. No, Matt Besser was on the was, show too, is what I'm saying. I don't know if that's who you're talking about.
1: Oh he, no. Matt Walsh is the guy that's on Veep. He, he was like he was a communication. On Veep, yeah, on Veep, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um I've always just loved those guys. And I I loved a lot of stuff they did after, um, you know, Ask Cats they do at UCB every Sunday is a big improv show um, that's free. Um, But, yeah, I just – that show just had so many little one-liners that, you know, I'd constantly – I mean I can't share it with a lot of people because a lot of people didn't watch the show when it was on. It wasn't super popular. But um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And then obviously, you know, seeing a lot of those people go on to be successful was very satisfying, uh, especially Amy Poehler. But, yeah, really – I, I can't recommend it enough and it's really hard to watch. I don't think it's on any streaming services. Um it'd be on Paramount and I don't think it's on there. So hard hard one to catch, but uh if you knew you knew.
2: So yeah, UCB. You you have to rent it on Prime Video for two bucks. Or you buy those old DVDs. I got the DVDs still. I got so. a thing, I got an Instagram ad for Amy Poehler teaching master you know, master class, that online like classroom thing where she's like teaching you how to like how mm-hmm. improv use improv in real life, like Mm. You know, not to tell jokes, but as much as like how to react to situations, it was interesting. Made me think of that anyway. Yeah,
1: and I bet it was.
2: Um, Mike. Masterclasses. Those all sound like
0: scams, but that's a discussion for a different day. So I am going to go with another serialized uh, drama, except this one is a live action. Um, Also very serious as well. It was, I think, Sci-Fi Channel's uh, best uh, original content that they uh, ever created. And it was the reimagining series of Battlestar Galactica which came out maybe about 15 years ago don't know if you, any of you guys have man that.
2: Stefan loved that show Stefan tried so hard because he kept telling me all the allegories they were doing with like the war on terror and like stuff like that that was happening not to jump on your ship but Stefan really was like trying to get me yeah. to get on that thing with you know, Edward James Olmos and that whole crew in there he loved it Stefan would have enjoyed this conversation not a lot of MMA mm-hmm. <laughs> he still watches by yeah, the how way how folks just they... putting that out there He's still watching here and there. He just doesn't want to talk about it.
0: <laughs> oh, fair enough. Uh, it's a good thing he's still connected. Uh, but for those of you that don't know, a Battlestar Galactica, the original TV show, I think came out in the late 80s or I think maybe early, like uh, late 70s or I think early 80s. And it was pretty much just a star wars ripoff um it looked very cheesy um if i'm right the uh the alien uh enemies the cylons they look like they had like pyramids on their heads and it was it it was a very cheesy show i remember at, at the time uh the reimagining wasn't like that at all um to give you a synopsis it basically had that the cylons they came back more advanced from those original wars and they wiped out pretty much the entire human race across many different um galaxies um where humans had colonies and it was a fight between a small little group of uh humans that were left between like i think a battleship and like a little like cruise liner or something and against the full weight of a of an of an invading force or more like conquering force and it was a great show i think it went for four seasons more or less and yeah edward james almost um i think may have been nominated for what's the what's the tv ones emmys no emmy uh, or golden globe the emmys? but emmys yeah.
2: specific to tv
0: yeah I think he may have been nominated for an Emmy. I'm not sure at the very least he was nominated and I think won a Saturn awards, which are more specific towards sci-fi. and yeah, it was an amazing show, Battlestar Galactica
2: okay, um it's kind of tough to do with like obviously with like this many different shows and so many shows. It's hard to do because some of these shows are still in the air like i was gonna say simpsons but like i was gonna have to be like simpsons seasons two through ten and then we're like on season like 27 you know what i mean so like i don't want to do that and like mm, all right um looks it needs to be on the list batman the animated series batman the animated series is the in my opinion and i know mark's a big young justice guy it's up there too but in my opinion the best animated uh superhero television show is batman the animated series um paul dini worked his magic in there paul dini uh bruce tim mitch Bryan. paul dini actually uh helps do helps i think it's not a show anymore but ultimate spider-man he helped bring it on there. He helped do that one too. Batman anime series was a really just they were I felt they were telling kind of some deeper stories than you would normally from just a cartoon. I thought they did a really good job. I think that show is where they Harley Quinn came out of that show, didn't it? Entirely. She did. Yeah. Um And did the same group of people make the Mask of the Phantasm or just look the same? it was the same yeah movie. man okay they made the best batman movie of all time for about you know how many years you want to go with until dark knight came out or begins depending on your feelings it's a really good show it's all on you can watch it everywhere honestly it was three seasons which it felt i mean it was three seasons but like it's 92 to 99 it was airing i mean the first season
0: how however batman the because that they also conflate that with uh the Batman and Superman thing when it went on to like the WB. Yeah, the kids WB one that one. The specific run you're referring to when they used a certain animation style where I think they were actually and I'm sorry, no, it's fine, dude. Their, you probably know more, their, their, more about it than I do. On this. Um, but when they were actually doing a very revolutionary uh, animation style for at the time where to get that like dark Palette that they had in those, like in those first seasons, they were actually like drawing on like a dark shaded cell mm-hmm. to give it that like like noir look to it. Um, so you're referring to like
2: those three yeah. seasons well, when it was the two Batman, seasons the animated well, because series. the first seasons the first season sixty two episodes. How's that possible? It went from September '92 to September uh, '93, and I think it was just on every episode, multiple times a week. Also, every episode you watch is like part one and then part two. Like, there was a lot of part one and part two, you know, going on there, and like they would air, you know, couple like the way they were airing it and such. And also, shit wasn't airing in order, so it's kind of hard to go back and watch this at times. Some of it early on, but yeah, sixty-five episodes, then twenty episodes, and then they went to that Kids WB thing for season three. Um, It's a really good show, man just a really good show it's worth your time i bought the whole thing at one point uh well bought i mean we all know digital purchases you know you don't own anything but i have it all on uh youtube or google play i watched those early scare watch that early scarecrow episode so many times like Uh, what few few more things about the show just because
0: i'm not going to talk about it yeah, after this it. but a few, a few more things that i thought were revolutionary for it at the time considering that i think it was for me it was airing on fox at like 4:30 or 4 o'clock mm-hmm. in the afternoon so it was it was a show for children but there were so many things about it that didn't didn't seem to be for kids for example um, the fact that they didn't fill it with music at every step. There were actual moments when it was just, you know, dialogue with no music or anything like that. Um, then, on top of that, there was the fact that the storylines that they had in it were very mature. For example, um, Mr. Freeze in the four-part episode um, series of Heart of Ice in Batman the Animated Series it reimagined mr freeze for the better because i think before he had always been a bit of a wacky villain and in this one i think in the shows when they introduced nora his wife mm-hmm. and they get the shows the one that gave mr freeze the backstory of the reason why he does what he does and the reason why he's like how he is is because he's trying to he's trying to save his wife um and fun fact that um four-part heart
2: of vice uh episode series won a daytime emmy yeah that is best stretch for some people in that series it's very important man i think it's like also you got to teach like kids like why a villain a villain's motivation because if not it's just like it's too cartoonish you explain why you not that it's justified it's just to it has to make sense to the villain why they're doing what they're doing so anyway batman the animated series uh it's i think it's on max I think. Uh, I think if you want to watch, uh, I believe it's it, anything that's WB related. Dude, summary. I remember. I think I've sent it to you. The Max app, the sheer amount of Batman on the Max app. You might as well call it the Batman app. Like you can watch any of those animated movies, and so many of them are good. Batman Year One, worth your time. Just saying, Marcus. Also, shout out Kevin Conroy, uh, Rest in running peace. Batman ever. Rest in peace to Batman. Um, Marcus, what is your final one?
1: Yeah, uh, my last one here. I mean, you started mentioning stuff. I was like, oh yeah, there's. I uh, probably so honorable mentions. I, if I was thinking about this longer, I probably would mention Steven Universe. It's easily mm-hmm. one of my favorite shows. Um, but my last show here is an animated Come show. On.
2: Um, I got one in mind. It's. I mean, do you? I got one in mind.
1: It. Do you think? Well, I want to know. Home what movies. You think it is? You're not going to get it. No, you're close though. Um, Doctor. Oh, um, I was pretty close. I'm just saying, I was pretty close. Doctor Katz was. <laughs> Doctor Katz was before Home Movies. Um, it's basically where uh, John H. Benjamin really cut his teeth. You know, I, as far as I know, and I haven't checked his IMDb. I think it's like one of his first gigs. Um, ran on Comedy Central for like eight seasons. Uh, definitely when it was airing, it was way, you know, it was not for the age I was. Um, but I just dis- I rediscovered Dr. I remember seeing it on. Cartoon Network and it just being... It just seemed very small. Mar- Marcus, just very I apologize. Kind of Is this
2: odd. the one where we were at WonderCon mm-hmm. and you bought the entire series on Laserdisc? Or was it on Laserdisc? Did you buy every episode we were at WonderCon one year?
1: Uh, I've, I've bought all the episodes, but I thought I got them off eBay.
2: Okay. I thought I don't know why I thought you bought them when we were at WonderCon, but continue. Sorry.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I rediscovered Dr. Katz um, in high school when you know we were all just kind of learning about being able to download stuff online um and i don't even know how i came across mitch hedberg's comedy at first but it was down a mitch hedberg rabbit hole where i got i think i got some of his albums and then he was on dr Katz, and and i saw him in a couple clubs i was like oh the show's really funny and and basically the premise he's a professional therapist and the premise of the show is that you know his patients are just comedians and they basically come into his office they just do their act um and they animated so it was like one of the first you know cranky acres or, he was on there, the simpsons too they did a crossover shows. with the
2: simpsons didn't they with him
1: yeah he was he was on and he was on south park um i mean it kind of made sense a lot of synergy yeah. there but um he was one of the he was kind of like one of the og cartoon adult cartoon characters um and for the animation style definitely rub people the wrong way and it's the same thing that home movies would go on to use in their first two seasons which they call squiggle vision which is essentially a lot of the frames would just have like a different outline that was kind of squiggly and it gave this kind of look that things were kind of moving and it kind of made it look like it was more lifelike or something i mean it's just it was an artistic choice that some people didn't quite uh mesh with but also, looking at all of my shows, I pick they all have a common theme. Is like they're heavily influenced by improv. Dr. Katz was a show that didn't really have a script. It was basically a lot of people just riffing. Um, and same thing with Seinfeld, Curb, Sunny, and obviously Upright Citizens Brigade. Um, you know, once I you know started finding out about improv, like it was it's hard not to prefer those types of comedians personally um you know when they whether they're making shows or doing performances there is just something about something being unscripted unplanned that kind of naturally flows that like a lot of the podcasts i listen to are improvised um obviously stuff like dungeons and dragons we've seen a lot of improvisation there as well um it's just something i feel like when you have the storyteller be able to kind of weave their own narrative um in the moment it becomes more organic and and honestly just more kind of fun. And Dr. Katz was just like, man, Dr. Katz himself, Jonathan Katz is a really funny dry comedian. John H uh Benjamin, we obviously know now is a terrific voice actor, but like he does such a good job as Ben, his son is just such a fantastic character. Todd Barry plays in the later seasons this rental this video rental guy. Todd Barry is probably one of the most underrated comedians that does crowd work um just a hilarious guy and then the onslaught of famous comedians that were on the show dave chappelle conan o'brien like i mentioned mitch Hedberg, ray romano all these people way before they were famous wrong dr cats you know doing their shit and just being fantastic so yeah it was dr cats was a show that i ended up buying on ebay through a bunch of burnt cds Then they started coming out on DVD, bought season one on DVD, bought season two on DVD. Then they just put the whole season out on DVD, bought all of that. Um, It was a show that in college I watched constantly. And I can actively say Dr. Katz made my college roommate more enjoyable and funnier. (laughs) Because I didn't really (laughs) like that guy at first. And I just watched so much Dr. Katz, like it started to rub off on him. And after a while, he became more funny. That show made him a funnier guy. He also ended up not going to class and dropped out within the first year. But like, I think Dr. Katz made him. A Man, I hope he's person. listening. And it made me enjoy. I hope he's
2: listening. No.
0: Shout out, shout out to Mark's old roommate. Apparently, a bit of an asshole and uh, couldn't Wait, hack he was it. Such
1: a different. He was. He was a very kind of country boy, right? Like he had this big, uh, big pickup truck with a skull on his handle. I mean, he's a nice enough kid and stuff, and we got along fine enough, but. Uh, I remember exposing him to lots of Dr. Katz, and then we would get into these conversations. I was like, okay, Dr. Katz is rubbing off on you, and it's making you more enjoyable, so I'm appreciating it. So, yeah, that's my Mike. You, and another show you can't watch.
2: Yeah. I thought he was going to say home movies. Also, the amount of cops I watched with Mark I think is disrespectful that cops isn't oh, is yeah, an audible yeah, announcement. to A lot of cops. We watched a lot of cops.
1: I haven't watched Cops in years, but what 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 a great show to be blazed out of your mind and be like, oh, that guy's definitely got drugs on oh, Son of the done. Beach.
2: Mark used to watch Son of the Beach. That's another one. It wasn't that good.
1: Okay. That, that, was, that was a guilty pleasure. That was pleasure. not a good show. That was high school guilty yeah. pleasure. There's some attractive ladies. ladies. Howard <laughs> Stern
2: produced like one show ever. It was Son of the Beach. It's hilarious to me. That was it. Mike, what's your final one? My final one? Uh,
0: Well... I am the stone that the builder refused. I, I was gonna say it. I was. I was waiting for you. It made the lady sing the blues. I'm the spark that makes your idea bright. Same spark that lights the dark, so you can know you're left from your right. I am the ball in your only box. the first the two seasons. The gun, the end glow that lets you know to call your brother. Son. Only the first two seasons. The story that just begun, the promise of what's to come, and I'm gonna remain a soldier till the war is one, 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 one.
2: won, s- uh, s- seriously, we seasons. don't recognize the third. I don't. I don't know even what happened on the fourth season when it came out.
0: Um. The third season was a, a a big drop off. The fourth season, I honestly never even watched the fourth season. My including the Boondocks on this list is solely on just wait, wait, how season three counts. amazing and how. Season three
2: counts. It's not Aaron.
0: Is it? uh, it's not Aaron? Aaron. Season four is when it got bad. I know season four. I think I watched five. A date with the booty warrior is season I three. I had a pretty boy. Pretty boy, something. I think it had Michael yeah. B. Jordan in the first episode. season. Three had
2: um, when they go to jail with Tom. Still, okay. Uh, season three with the Booty Season warrior. three. Season three had lovely Ebony Brown with uh when Gina Torres plays the Robert State and just whoops everyone. She says she was an acumbate. Hey. <laughs>
0: hey, you way too ugly to get raped up in this bitch. <laughs> I apologize. I apologize. <laughs>
2: Dude, Boondocks Boondocks, I can't believe it was a show it was, Dude, Boondocks came out And me and my friend OJ There's a there's a line in the first season, first episode that you, I can't say the whole thing But we just kept going Security, security, security security For like a week We got a cold,
0: I can, I'll say it for you We got a cold
2: black, we got a cold black What the hell
0: is a cold Cold black We got some hungry niggas in the front
2: the, li- the the Literally the mission statement of the show was the opening line when he goes uh, white people are lying about 9-11. Ronald Reagan was the devil and there was like a third one and he just says those and he just doesn't. <laughs> He's daydreaming and a granddad wakes him up and says mm-hmm, you are daydreaming about telling white people the truth. Don't you ever tell white people the truth.
0: <laughs> Shit, I'm going to go lie to a white person right now. He has now.
2: Sam Jackson and Charlie Murphy playing a duo of white dudes. Who wish they were? Do wish white dudes who wish they were black? That was a recurring character on this fucking show. How is this a real show? At times I wonder when I think about the Boondocks, Mike. It just—I can't even wrap my head that they let it happen. They got like—they got look, so many episodes I, that got banned. With the one where they ripped on BET, that was one that they just kept banning. that yeah. banned that one. The Martin Luther King episode pissed everybody off. It's a Huey Freeman Christmas look, shout out.
0: <laughs> I look. There's two. In addition to always watching, um, Great Pumpkin. Um, the Charlie Brown one and uh, the Charlie Brown Christmas special. I always make sure to watch a Huey Freeman Christmas on Christmas as well. Mm. And uh, return of the King on Martin Luther King. Um, that's the uh, Martin Luther King episode for the boondocks. Uh, those first two seasons are some of the greatest TV I have ever seen. Um, and if i ever met aaron Magruder um in person i'd give him a hug and if i ever met regina king in person i would tell her i know you've won like an academy award but you being riley and huey freeman are way more impactful for me than anything else you've ever done which is was on something. watchmen do I? Who, who
2: got multiple appearances on this thing we had regina king who was star of watchmen and she was star of uh boondocks we got Amy Poehler, who was star of Upright Citizens Brigade, and star of Parks and Rec. Yep, Did we have. I mean we, ha- I mean, we had Larry David writing Seinfeld and then being on Curb. Um, just saying, we got some people Some people made a couple different appearances with here. Also, uh, Mike, don't sleep on It's a Black President, Huey Freeman, where Werner Herzog is narrating it like it's one of his documentaries.
0: <laughs> Describe yourself in one word. Real nigger.
2: That's two, that's two words. <laughs> and he says, don't follow the rules. <laughs> he said that. <laughs> and then one of the that goes, this kid, someone get me away from this fucking kid. <laughs> <laughs> I remember watching it. We were telling our friends about it in law school. And we started watching it. And one of our friends went from offended to dying laughing <laughs> within five minutes of this show. Um, yeah, honorable mentions out there. South Park, Simpsons, Bob's Burgers for me. Bowser Berger's movie's pretty good. should go watch it. Archer. Archer.
0: Speaking about H. Um,
2: you know, Sopranos. I never watched The Wire, but you, some of you guys really like The Wire. I know Stefan would be shouting for The Wire right now. Um, yeah, anyway, we'll get more specific. We'll do favorite comedies and shit like that later on. Anyway, uh, it's been a long episode, so real quickly, Stuff We Like. I didn't really watch anything new. Uh, I, my girlfriend, I, I we watched the first episode, I watched the first two episodes of Invincible with her, a show that I'd seen before, but I kind of wanted to see if she'd be into it. And she really, uh, the first, end of the first episode really hooked her. If you guys have seen the show, you got know, both of you have, obviously. Um, yep. And then she was like, well, we gotta watch the second episode, so we did that while I was watching Eddie Alvarez get pummeled on my computer while we were watching on TV. That... Um, and then I, she said, okay, well, I'm going to watch the rest of the first season, and then, you know, we'll watch season two together. And that was Saturday night, and then ten minutes ago, she says, hey, I finished season one. So, uh, she's into it. So, we're going to be watching season two. Uh, which I haven't watched any of. Mark, the first ep- four episodes are out, you said?
1: Yeah, I guess we're doing it in parts, and I guess this first part's done now, but I think it was four? Three or four? There wasn't a
2: lot, so yeah, we'll episodes. run through them quick. Like, right. Yeah, so it sounds like we're going to get I don't even say when we're getting see episode 5, I guess. But, uh, oh, Last four set to debut in early 2024. Um, so, I don't know. Maybe tied to The Strike, which doesn't make a lot of sense. to the animated show. They probably voiced it two years ago. Because it took two years for another season to come out. Two and a half years, actually. So, anyway.
0: It's one of the good things about, like... Um cartoons or animated shows you don't have to worry about people getting too old you just gotta worry about their voices sounding the same yeah
2: so that was it for me I watched a show that you guys have all watched and uh, I'm gonna watch some more of it Uh, Mike let's go to you what do you got for stuff we like
0: I don't know if I've ever mentioned the show. It is a movie that, not show up. Uh, it's a movie I've watched before. It's a pretty old movie, but I saw like one of those uh, TikTok clips on it earlier today. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go watch that movie now. And uh, I rewatched today of Hilary Swank's Freedom Writers. Um don't know if you guys ever watched that movie. I did not. No. no. Well, um, It's a movie based in like 1994 where Hilary Swank plays uh, a real English teacher who goes to, uh, I think, an inner city in California. And um, it's basically like dead poet society, but for inner city kids uh, where she's able to uplift them and uh, get them to try to get out of a lot of the, the shit that they're into um, via writing and, uh, you know, a lot of uh, emotional, emotional tear jerking. Uh, sometimes, you know, I'll watch a movie that I know will get me going and like get me have a good cry. And I, I was in for a good cry today. Like, I haven't had one of those in a while. Let me
2: let me rewatch. Freedom so you didn't want to watch, so. you know, Dangerous Minds. You just let me go to Freedom Riders instead. You didn't like the. You know, I've actually never watched Dangerous Minds. When you watch it, just know that movie came before Freedom Riders.
0: I'm aware I'm aware it did. You know, Michelle Pfeiffer, you know, looking all good in her early, like mid-90s shit. But for me, Freedom Riders is my danger.
2: Yeah, that one had a music video where her and Coolio just stare at each other while Coolio raps "Gangster's Paradise. So, checkmate. Just saying. This is, this is the best, might be the best song, music video, movie, music combo ever there. Uh, I'm kidding. Uh, I haven't checked it out, though. Hillary Swank, man. Gets critical acclaim. Can't sell any tickets. So I wonder if that was one that sold tickets actually, though. Might have been more of a critical acclaim one though. Um I'm not sure. Marcus, what is yours?
1: Yeah, we're gonna keep it kind of light. Um it would have been something I would recommend people check out tomorrow, but it dropped today. Um the GTA six trailer, highly, you know, anticipated trailer for the next Grand Theft Auto game was supposed to come out. Tuesday morning, uh, it leaked earlier today, and then Rockstar was like, oh, screw it, let's just put it out. Um, One minute, 30 seconds, you know, CGI trailer. Um, I mean, it looks like, you know, what Rockstar has shown in the past for GTA V and Red Dead, you know, these CG trailers are usually in-game and are normally a fairly accurate representation of the final product. Um, And if that is the case here for GTA VI, it looks really good. You know there are some screens here like when they're on the beach um some of the street scenes are just like super highly densely populated lots of characters on the screen um and just looked really good you know we didn't really get to see like clearly what the game is going to look and play like necessarily um but as far as i'm concerned you know uh, rockstar is one of the top tier developers they are developers that really push the envelope and you know, it seems to be once a, a gaming generation that we're getting a game from them, right? Last generation of the PS4, we only got Red Redemption, uh, Red Red Dead Redemption 2. And I thought that game was fantastic. You know, the amount of detail they put into that game, um, excruciating amounts that I think a lot of people don't care about and easily could have, you know, they could have done away with a lot of the animations they did, but they just take such pride in their work. Um, I'm really interested to see, what the new gta game kind of turns out and you know if this trailer is any indication it looks like it's going to be fantastic um later this week on thursdays the game awards um you know uh, mostly just a giant commercial um and advertisements for stuff coming out you know most people that watch the game awards are really just there to to see like the new world premiere trailers for games that are coming out or see new trailers um i enjoy the show overall um I think it is nice what Jeff Keeley is trying to do ever since you know the show went off Spike, um, keep it alive and kind of have a place that is trying to be like the Oscars of video games. You know whether you agree with that statement or not is you know. I terrible. have
2: the betting odds up for are the Game of the Awards in the different categories by the way. Mm-hmm. Baldur's Gate being a minus five fifty yeah. to win the whole thing. Um, yeah, best yeah. art direction, Alan Wake a slight favorite to win that. Alan Wake too, sorry. Best audio design, mm-hmm. Hi ru- Rush. Independent game, Dave, the driver. I'm just saying the favorites. Multiplayer, Baldur's Gate. <laughs> Narrative, Baldur's Gate. Best performance, guy in Baldur's Gate. RPG, Baldur's Gate. Esports athlete, faker. Okay, and then there's esports stuff. Sorry, guys, we don't care. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, so, I mean, normally what happens with the Game Awards is, yeah, I mean, a lot of the same games will be nominated, obviously, if you're
2: a fantastic games
1: like Baldur's Gate, you'll probably get lots of nominations. And they... the awards tend to be kind of spread out. Like, I don't think Baldur's Gate necessarily will win all of those things it's favorited for, just because a lot of times I think when people are voting, it's like, well, I'll give Baldur's Gate my game of the year, and then I'll give Art Direction to this one, and I'll give Sound Design to this other one to kind of spread the love around. That's usually how it kind of ends up working out. Um, Personally, I think Baldur's Gate makes a ton of sense this weekend. Ended up playing it for seven hours straight, which was kind of insane. Um, But... Also, it's just for me personally. It's like a game that I've ran into the most technical issues of any other game. When we first started playing it; it crashed on us like four times before we started. So it is just kind of weird. Like that just tells you to the level of how good that game is. That. It can have a lot of technical issues that it still has and still be considered the best. Um, But, yeah, I am I'm interested to see, you know, what world premieres come out. And again, I just think it's kind of fun to have a celebration of video games. You know, they do some interesting live performances. I'm more interested in the game centric live performances instead of when they have like Kid Cudi on or something. What is a game
2: centric live performance? What does that mean?
1: Like, they'll, play, they'll have a composer from the game play songs oh, from video very games cool. or something. Like, like, the year the first Red Dead came out, they had the guy that did, like, the So Far Away song um, or soundtracks from the video game. And they usually have a live orchestra that will play songs from each of the
2: Game of the Year songs.
1: Um, but then they'll have popular bands, too, and I don't really give and two shits about those guys, you know? Um,
2: yep. Spider-Man 2 is coming in at plus 2,000, guys. I'm just saying. That's the real game of the year. Spider-Man 2. Yeah, it's not. Did yeah. you? Do you like Alan Wake too? Um, I'm still working through it. Um, what I've played so far has been fun.
1: I know, I know there's a sequ- sequence in the game that I'm getting close to. That's a big musical dance kind of thing that I think is really kind of like blew a lot of people's socks off. Because um, I and I saw a little bit of it. and It kind of reminded me of the um, uh, the Homelander dance opening like the kind of cookiness mm. kind of like dances they were doing there and stuff. And I think that really got people excited. What I, what I played of Alan Week Two, I think is really cool. I don't, I think it's been a little overrated personally. Like I've, I've really enjoyed it, but it hasn't quite been like that top tier. Um, and the last thing I wanted to mention, I did mention it a couple of weeks ago. Um, my brother-in-law for the last like four, four, six months has really gotten into sumo. And I guess there's a Twitch channel called midnight sumo. um, and so basically what I've learned about sumo is like the biggest organization or like the biggest organization, like the main sumo tournament, there's a tournament every other month on the odd number month. And then basically the tournament goes for 15 days and then these guys will wrestle each day and then you win the tur- The guy who wins the tournament is the person that like has the best winning record. And then I think if you win two records in a row, that's how you become Yokozuna. There's all these kind of nuances in the sumo kind of world that i'm still learning but kind of just like watching i think it's called primetime sumo it's a youtube channel they kind of broke down different days and just kind of learning like okay watching a couple days of the tournament and watching some recap videos like i can see why sumo is so appealing and interesting like it's a really interesting way to do a sport Where you basically have your competition each day for 15 days straight. And it's kind of this, you know, I never thought about it, but now learning about it, like it's this war of attrition where, like, these extremely big, heavy guys are doing this extremely physical, you know, exertion sport for 30 seconds at a time. And it's just like, it's kind of about, you know, staying on pace and being consistent. And you kind of get these different storylines with the different guys and stuff. So I've really enjoyed it. So if you ever had an interest in sumo, um, I think Primetime Sumo on YouTube is a really good channel to check out. And then if you're on Twitch late at night, you know, during these odd number um, months, so back in January, we'll start up again, uh, Midnight Sumo, I guess, when they air it, there's no commentary, um, but there's lots of people in chat that will kind of give you the rundown of, like, who's who, who they faced before, where they are in their kind of brackets and stuff like that. And it's, you know, the more I've dug in, I've really enjoyed it. So eh, if it's something you're interested definitely check out those uh, Twitch channels and YouTube sites.
2: All righty. Uh, long episode, uh, a little bit longer this week. Um, maybe we got to make our top fives a little bit for Mike, when you a point to start with. But we like, our, we like what we like. We talk passionately about it, so it happens. Um, hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll do this one. Uh, we got to start thinking of new ones, because I went real broad with these first, like, four. Maybe we'll try to get it, bring it back to MMA or something with one of them, like top five favorite fighters or something. But once you've done fighting fighters, I man, I don't know. I don't remember events. The one I went to was fun. You know, <laughs> the one Mike and I got robbed for $600 for uh, $600 was pretty fun. You know, just saying. Um, anyway, we'll be back next week where we are going. Is there a paper? Is there a week gap or is it pay-per-view time next week?
1: I think it's pay-per-view. Uh, there it? might be a gap. I closed. Let me see. This. So
2: this is—is is it
1: pay-per-view? I think it's pay-per-view, and then we're done till the next. Yeah, then year. we're
2: done. No, what we're going to be doing? Two of those top fives the rest of the fucking year at that point. Um, we got to do best of. We got to do that's true stuff. That always takes knockout of the years when when Leon kicks Colby's head into the fifth row. Um, actually, it might be Leon for kicking Usman's head off. Uh, was that this year? I don't. It think been. Been. So I might have been. No, that last no, year. that wasn't this year. We sure.
0: No we'll way was that
2: out. this year. August twenty August two thousand twenty two. Right? Yeah, okay. Um we'll be back. Okay. It's gonna be it is an, it is on the sixteenth. So not this so the, next week we're gonna preview UFC two ninety six. Well we are gonna be picking we're picking like six or seven fights. Granted. That's a lot, yeah. It's a good it's, uh, Edwards Covington for the belt-away title, Pantoja Royville for the flyweight title, Shavkat Rachmanov for Steven Thompson for Steven Thompson's teeth staying in his mouth, Tony Ferguson versus Patty Pimblett. God, this could be so bad. Fuck it. You did this. To- you, we all said don't book this fight, Dana, and then they did. Someone said it first and they tempted fate. Uh, Vincente Luque versus Ian Gary and Ian Gary battling for his manhood. Uh, Irina Aldana, Carol Rosa. Carol, uh, Cody Garbrandt, Brian Kelle- Kelleher. Casey, uh, Cold Steel, Casey O'Neill against Irian Lipsky. Alonzo Menefield versus Glory kickboxing contender Dustin Jacoby. Touchy-feelys on the undercard. The second ever winner of Dana White looking for a fight. Randy Brown is under, still in the UFC somehow. Josh Emmett lost an opponent. He was going to fight Giga Chikadze. I was so excited, mm-hmm. Mark. That was so of all the fight that was yeah, like near the top one. of my excitement for this card. After probably Pantoja and Royle, someone who wants to throw down, please agree to fight Josh Bennett. Josh Emmett. It's just it's, sure. you just want to throw hands with a guy who's too small for this weight class, man. What are you up to? Is this is this featherweight, Aljo? Aljo, here you go, man. You want to fight another guy in the top ten? Just grab a hold of him and see if you can get it be a backpack. Snooze it up. <laughs> no, that's someone for the love of God get on this fight. You have two weeks. Not Jalen Turner. Just not Jalen Turner at 145. Just don't do it. Please don't do it. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope this all recorded because I'm questioning my microphone on every level these days. Um, I was Dr. Law, that was DJ Mark, and that was Lavender Goom. See y'all uh, next week and goodbye.
0: See ya. See ya. Honorable mention for me. Dragon Ball. Outside of, uh, no detail, all the other Dragon Ball series
2: on the list. Fair. Of Outside Looking. That's reasonable. I was gonna say My Name is Earl, yeah. but I thought I was gonna have to really tuck it into what is My Name My Name is Earl was a good show that nobody talks about. Just, yeah. good show. On every level. Ended on a cliffhanger. 'Cause they told the NBC told them they're gonna keep your show and not cancel it. And then they didn't did. It, didn't it end because of the writer strike from oh Yeah, I mean the music 07? is gone, but they did tell them we're not gonna cancel your show and then they still cancel the show, so it ended on a, on a cliffhanger. Not great. Also pushing daisies, also raising hope. Anyway, thanks for listening. Goodbye. <laughs>